1: Fourth edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast, sponsored by Dynasty Owner. I'm Joe Bartley. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and join alongside me as always every Tuesday. Jake Letarski, you can follow him at Roto Jake. Before we really get into the nitty gritty for today's podcast, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Dynasty Owner. I've been looking for a new challenge, which is why I've been playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash Leagues are forming now. It's DynastyOwner.com slash We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like me and know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage the roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to dynastyonercom slash Road Validate your football skills today. That's dynastyonercom slash red Aware. Dynasty owner. start your dynasty today. Okay, cool. So we got that out of the way. I think today's episode is going to be primarily focused on COVID, and I know that's on everyone's mind right now with the NFL season, MLB, and the NBA. It doesn't really matter, the sport, mm-hmm. anything like that. I think uh, what to do in these times is, is going to be a really uh, really interesting wrinkle, I think, for a lot of different leagues to kind of focus on. So you and I, we're going to be here to break down and kind of go over what you need to be asking your commissioner or planning your league for that kind of uh, thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I didn't see a ton of content out there on this type of thing. So we want to run through, I kind of split it into two sets, things that you need to really be worried about that affect preseason, draft date, those kind of happenings, and then other decisions you need to make that uh, go ahead and kind of factor into how you're going to do ad drops, what your rosters look like, all the in-season stuff. So there's a lot of questions that are raised by this. I know I know just saying COVID in general isn't everyone's favorite topic, but these are things that, you know, if you're a commissioner, you should definitely listen to this. We're going to throw out all sorts of different solutions to some of these problems that, that uh, the whole pandemic presents in the National Football League. And if you're, a, if you're just a, a league member, a league player, these are good things to keep in the back of your mind if you have a league off-season meeting or you want to ask your commissioner. Because the big thing here is you don't want to wait till draft day and you're two three rounds in before you decide what are you going to do with payouts if the league stops after week nine you know that kind of thing so it'll be mostly logistics and and structured like that today and um and and we'll just kind of see where that takes us information too i think that's going to be a
1: critical part of it and and frankly some of the information we don't know yet as well Uh, Mm -hmm. right now for example the opt-out date for nfl players when it comes to COVID-19, is supposed to be Thursday. Thursday.
2: Yep, Thursday at 4pm is what I'm seeing here. Uh, there are two exceptions for that. Of course, there are always exceptions with the opt-out. If a player does not opt-out by Thursday at 4pm, uh, there are two things that could happen. Oh, geez, these autoplay videos are killing me. Anyway, there are two things that can happen. Uh, a, new, a new diagnosis reveals that a player has a high-risk condition. They can change their mind if that happens. And then uh, a player's family member dies, is hospitalized, or otherwise moved to a medical facility because of a Covid nineteen or related conditions, so we're looking at a pretty hard Thursday deadline. But there are a couple ways that a player can still opt out after the deadline if these special unfortunate circumstances happen. To That's go. true.
1: And something that I was monitoring, uh, actually, while I was covering the Saturday wire, there's a little bit of a wrinkle in the system right now, and I think it's more like a legislat- legislative thing. Players can technically retire mm-hmm. and unretire. At some point during the season, if they want to rejoin. So, if they are uncomfortable with this deadline right now, Mm -hmm. don't feel like they need to, or don't feel like they can give a yes or no answer as to whether they want to be opting into the season or not, there is that language in place. Yes, there is a loophole loophole. where a player could retire and then unretire during the Mm -hmm. season. So, like baseball, for example, Nick Marcakis, beginning of the season, said he was not going to play. He was able to rejoin. Mm -hmm. We've seen that now a couple times for baseball. There isn't anything like that in the NFL. However, the retire clause is a possibility. I only saw maybe like, like fifth string Jets running back that was like considering mm-hmm. this alternative. It would be much different if, say, Matthew Stafford, whose yeah. wife obviously had brain cancer. He, he was put on the COVID-19 list. Um, like that, that that's a much different situation. But right now, there is that language in place for an NFL player to choose to do that if they want mm-hmm.
2: to. Yeah, and I wonder how that would— affect teams contract decisions and whatnot. I suppose different organizations are all gonna handle this differently. This is uh it's some very unique times we're in, but that's funny that there is a retirement opt-out clause and, and that could happen.
1: That's that's the workaround for it. I do want to get some other language out of the way. For example, I saw this uh pop up during my group chat with a couple of other friends. Being placed on the COVID nineteen reserve COVID nineteen list does not necessarily mean you have uh you have covid a but it definitely doesn't mean you have opted out of the season. Mm-hmm. There are two different transactional windows that NFL teams can choose to do a a player is opting out so then they'll be in the reserve uh covid list or you are you have or are around somebody who has the COVID thing, mm-hmm. which means then you are going to be exactly. on on the list. So there's there's two different distinctions. If you see someone is on the reserve COVID nineteen list, it doesn't necessarily mean a they have COVID nineteen or b that they will not be playing mm-hmm.
2: this season. Yeah, with contact tracing and everything like that, you could have been exposed to someone who had it, or maybe somebody else that worked at the facility or worked out at the facility that you did might have it. So there are a lot of ways you can get on here. And before we mention it too much, uh, we are RotoWire as a website is making their own. like admin database classification called reserve COVID nineteen and we can set a player status to that if they are on that list for whatever reason. So, you know, we do injury status information to a lot of different uh, a lot of different fantasy football league hosting sites out there. There are a ton of them out there that you know rely on that information. You know, you see the player news or the out questionable that kind of thing. Um, it'll ultimately be up to the league hosting site to decide whether they want to use that uh, designation or not. Um, in the meantime I also wanted to mention that rotowire.com slash football slash covid hyphen report uh, will get you a current list of players who are all on the COVID-19 list for this season. And of course, like you mentioned, you can always come off. um, If you want to filter it by skill positions, we have those options here. You can filter by position, um, all sorts of things that you can do here. So uh, definitely check that out if you're a subscriber on the website and want to get updated on the latest list of players that have either opted out or are on this list for another one of the reasons you mentioned. So
1: like the Lions players, Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford, TJ Hawkinson will be on this list because they are either... Have COVID nineteen or were in close proximity to somebody, and Damien Williams, for example, would be on this list because he mm-hmm. has chose to opt out of the twenty twenty season.
2: Yeah, so there, there's a lot there. Obviously, just click on the player and you can get their latest news. That's what RotoWire is all about.
1: Just stay tuned, and and again with with COVID nineteen, the the best we can do, and this applies to just about every facet of this illness. Is more information the better? So when you when you see this on ESPN or other headlines, oh, they're on the COVID nineteen. It does not mean necessarily that they have it, mm-hmm. and doesn't mean they're opting out of the season either. You have, you have to make sure up. you read it and understand what's going on.
2: And another thing I just thought of, like when you're looking at ADP to kind of compare to and do your draft research, especially when we get to draft time, you're going to want to look. Uh, you know, the further we get into August, you're going to want to look at the last seven days or last three days of ADP as opposed to ADP since the start of July, because you want to get those those movers. Uh, you know, that have been affected by this.
1: Right. That makes complete sense. All right. So because of COVID-19, I'm, I'm pretty certain we're not having a preseason altogether,
2: right? Yep. Like that's preseason's done.
1: No, pre- which to be honest, I'm excited about. Uh, I, I'm not a huge preseason guy anyway. I think for the third, fourth and fifth stringers of a team, obviously it makes a huge difference, uh, whether they can make the roster or not, but as an NFL fan, mm-hmm. as a fantasy fan, I think preseason stuff gets overblown.
2: Yeah, I, I'm actually, I kind of like it too, because one, you know, less chance for injury of superstar players. You know, that's, yes. that's first and foremost, number one. But two, you know, as as fantasy analysts or, or what have you, we, you know, we kind of get pressure to talk about all these preseason games in the middle of August. And we do the show, obviously, starting last week in July and do it through August. But I I don't really trust much analysis that comes from the preseason games. Most of the fantasy relevant guys have their jobs locked up. There are very few fantasy-relevant players that are going to change up stock, down stock. Only if someone ahead of them on the depth chart gets injured really is the only thing that would change preseason-wise. Really good performances doesn't necessarily lock you in anything in the regular season. Yeah, because
1: preseason's not around, it's going to be obviously harder to identify maybe the risers and fallers necessarily. But if you're in a league setting and kind of considering what to do with COVID-19, the best way to prepare for this, I have to imagine, maybe you tell me if I'm wrong, is... Is allowing for more roster spots, whether it be injured reserve or something else like that, right?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. There are a lot of different roster spots that uh, that you can do— for this situation. I mean, I've got a lot of notes on this uh, for, for a little later on in the show. You know, you can just add extra bench spots in general. You can consider injured reserve spots. Normally I'm not a guy that likes to do injured reserve in leagues because I feel like it shallows out the waiver wire pool, you know, and, and I want, I don't like when a player can hoard all these guys because the rosters, the benches are super deep. But, of course, this year is, uh, is the main exception to that too.
1: And I say all this because if I'm entering a league for the first time, mm-hmm. I wanna make sure that if I'm gonna be paying X amount of money for it, I understand the rules for it. So mm-hmm. that's so you can go both ways. Either you, you understand, hey, let's we're gonna go on this with x week that we're going to go ahead and, and pay out for or like the nffc i think it's week mm-hmm. i think it's week 10 or week nine one of the two that so long as the season makes it to that point exactly they'll actually pay or, the, yeah. or they'll turn the money back so the thing is is
2: whenever you start a league or people that ask us you know that have worked for rotowire for so long they they want to know uh you know what's the most important thing about fantasy football or fantasy baseball or everything and we always like to say number one first and foremost is read over all your league's rules and understand this. And this isn't just for football where PPR versus non-PPR makes all the difference, two-quarterback league versus one quarterback or super flex. Those kind of things make all the difference. I mean, this is for every kind of fantasy that you can do. So we felt it was appropriate to do a little bit of rules formatting today. I mean, geez, I did an MMA Dynasty League that's been a (laughs) whole heck of a lot of fun, but as a You know, as I got into it a little more, I found out it was more about making ads and drops every single week instead of just kind of drafting your 20 best guys and holding for the whole thing. You got to constantly cycle through, you know, a quarter of your roster. So, you know, learning that and reading these rules thoroughly ahead of time applies to just about any fantasy sports that you want to do. So, taking it from the top, like preseason things that we have to think about here, um, one thing that I, I thought is first to, you know, put on the table at least is core format changes. To your to your season long league, maybe your league might decide it's best not to have a season long league in in this traditional capacity. Obviously, we hope you're going to have your season long leagues and listen to us all season. But, you know, in the absence of that, um, you know, one idea that I see get floated around is, uh, you know, just a weekly DFS league. Among friends. I know uh, that Scott and uh, and Andrew were talking about that on the Friday DFS podcast, how some of the guys aren't, or I think Andrew at least isn't uh, so keen on season-long fantasy football, but him and his buddies do a DFS league every single week. You know, I do that with some of my friends. That's another fun way to play it without, uh, you know, if a guy gets hurt, you're burned for one week, but... uh you're burnt for one week in DFS, but right. it's season long, you're toast. So that's another way to do it. Um, you know, you look at different kinds of formats, uh, you know, some leagues that I've folded in the past, I've decided, hey, let's just replace it with the best ball. Everyone likes the draft, you know, those draft and hold leagues where you take really deep rosters. I don't think that necessarily applies as such a, uh, a switch this year because the best ball carries the same risk as a season long in terms of, you know, COVID implications here. So if you do decide to scrap it this year, you know, I'd consider it definitely to replacing it with the DFS league.
1: I normally do anywhere from 12 to 14 leagues per year, at least since I started working here at Roto-Air mm-hmm. uh, five plus years ago. That That's kind of been the, the part where I tap out. And I have just two leagues thus far, mm-hmm. the, probably the, the least amount. And, and normally we'd have Vegas league already added on. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like considering stake league two or getting ready to draft. Head. So there's some leagues that have just been kind of delayed a little bit longer I don't think I'm going to have that number for a season-long mm-hmm. perspective this yeah. year. I might add a few more best ball leagues, though, because I actually feel a bit more comfortable in a best ball format mm-hmm. than a season-long format, if only because generally best balls you can draft 20 to 25 rounds. I can get those depth guys that maybe have to slot in during an unfortunate circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it makes more sense, at least for doing like friends and family league, the payouts are a little bit easier, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's The you're,
2: payouts are done for you. The site just takes a little cut right. usually.
1: Yeah, so I think I'll probably do, especially – if this if if this is actually the correct deadline for opting out after August sixth, then I, then it's like mm-hmm. all right, full full go. We know who's all going to be there for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there are special circumstances that can change it, and I'll kind of invest into that point. But right now, mm-hmm. it's been a little bit slow and steady, um, and and just kind of monitoring. What the NFL is doing, I'm going to be op- or I'm going to be honest and say I am not optimistic about how they've handled things thus far. We've seen baseball yeah. struggle at times, I was but say
2: just look at baseball,
1: right? I mean, this is the NFL. This is like a multi-billion-dollar thing that's going mm-hmm. on. They're going to find a way to make it work as best they can.
2: Yep, yeah, money-wise, they have to. I mean, yeah. it's just it's the biggest industry of the of all the major sports and it's going to be difficult you know you got 60 man rosters even you know base, twice as much as baseball essentially mm-hmm. and baseball can't do it without a bubble i've seen interesting ideas getting floated around do divisional bubbles all the all those kinds of things i don't know what they'll come up with but hopefully they can figure something out here. I are you go...
1: commissioner? I was going to say, are you commissioner of any league so far? Um, I know you um, said
2: the Dynasty MMA one, but oh no, I'm not the commissioner of that. Though. Oh, that'll be a headache. That's all. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, Good. Uh, you know, shout out to Mike. He uh, he's he's a pro doing that all through a Google sheet. But uh, um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I do a friends and family league that I think I'm gonna. I'll probably fold up this year. Um, but then I'll just. I mean, I'll, I'll say yes to what I'm invited to for right. the most part. But uh, I'm not going to aggressively pursue a ton of leagues. I guess I
1: I am a commissioner for one if not two leagues this year. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the payouts, everyone will get their money back if the season folds before week 10. So I'm going to go with what the NFFC is doing. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's the big thing I want to talk about is payout structure, because that's the thing that you you can't wait until you're through your second, third round of the draft to do that. You need to decide that like now. If you're yes. going to have your, step one, deciding if you're going to have your league this year. Step two, if the answer to that is yes, payout structure right now. And basically you need to set a number where how many completed weeks, are required to pay out. You said ten. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good. That's way to my do it. number. Yep, mm-hmm. that's essentially right before the playoffs. I like um, having once everyone has played each other once. Oh, so if okay. It's a, so if it's a twelve-team league, you're through week eleven. You know, you've played a, all the other eleven teams in the league, and you could call it any time after that. And the other the other benefit of that is you know eleven weeks. It's going to be an odd number, so maybe a little less likely to tie. Record-wise, yeah, you know, just throwing that out there—that's why uh,
1: scoring the most points in the entire
2: season mm-hmm. matters. So this is the, this is the one year where this is going to matter more yes. than I feel like ever. That, that's so, that's so my that, league. That's the other thing your league has to decide <laughs> here is, you know, how are you going to determine payouts once the season stops? So, say you don't finish the playoffs, but you get to that 10-11 week eleven-week point—is it going to go by how you would determine your playoff structure otherwise, which for a lot of leagues is record, or are you just going to pay out points because? In, in the leagues that I've always commissioned, I've never paid out record. Record can be fluky. Um, obviously, playoffs themselves can be fluky. Fantasy football as a whole can be a little bit fluky sometimes. But for me, your, your, your prize for getting the best record was always a better playoff season or a first-round buy in the playoffs, if those were the case. I, I think the ideal format is six teams to make the playoffs, two get first-round buys, and that's how you reward record, and then you pay out the final championship, and then you pay out points. Um, so, but that's one thing you have to decide if you're going to pay out after that point, you know, if you get in between weeks 11 and 16, uh, do you pay out points only? Do you pay out record only? That's something that again, right now that you have to decide.
1: Can I propose a different alternative that is kind of near and dear to my heart? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So let's just say we, we get the 10 weeks, but we want the extra six more because we're de- degenerates in fantasy football, whatever else. Mm-hmm. I am not the only one that suggests this, but I've heard other leagues will then, add the statistics based off a simmed Madden game, to do their fantasy, oh, to do their
2: fantasy playoff. Yeah, if you want to record dice, that sounds that sounds like a heck of a well, lot of fun. I'll, I'll
1: I'll plug it. I have a I have a Madden article up on the site. This was for Madden DFS, but the mm-hmm. same thing could apply for Madden 21 as this Madden 20 for the rules and how to get the best high octane mm-hmm. players when it gets to your fantasy playoffs. So if you do, if the season closed down for whatever the reason, you guys are like, all right, I really need to have some fantasy football in my life. Mm-hmm. Madden 21. I, I, there there is stuff out there. A lot of my stuff. That could actually direct you to a championship if your you team go.
2: goes the right direction. If you're going out of the box ideas, this one just came to me. What if you took your? If you'd have to have everybody return for the following year for this to work out, but what if you took your records and you started next year with those records? That would probably discourage some people that were kind of down in <laughs> the bottom. Out of but it. you know, have a cumulative like two year season. Um, but anyway, in all seriousness, there's one more uh, big question that you have to answer that I wanted to uh, kind of discuss. If you're if the season or the league or for whatever reason it gets canceled prior to that date or that minimum number of games you've set what do you do with the the the, excuse me the uh the payouts the entry fee do you just refund everybody their money or do you automatically roll over to next year play next year twice as much uh that's going to be something that uh you know commissioners that are handling money are definitely going to have to deal with
1: you mentioned a little bit about scheduling contingencies. Do you feel like you have to keep in, keep that in mind for this weird season 2 for mm-hmm. NFL teams as well?
2: Yeah, so I, I did put some notes here on on scheduling contingencies uh, you know, for example, like all teams playing each other in week 2 have the same bye week. So if if a game had to be rescheduled, you know, they could flip-flop make that the bye week and go after that. Uh, weeks 3 and 4, for example, have no divisional games, which means technically the NFL could cancel those if there's an outbreak. Uh, basically the contingencies to me or oh, the other one is Every team has two home games and two away games in the first four weeks. So theoretically, the NFL could cancel its first four weeks of the regular season and still play a league that's balanced in terms of the amount of divisional games each team has, the amount of home road games each team has, and the amount of total games because of the bye week situation. So it is possible— like. This is one. Th- this is just what jumped out at me when I was reading these. I was like, man, the NFL. Not that they would, not that it would be financially uh, incentivized to by any means, but they could, uh, you know, wait until week five to start the season if they had to. And that's again a situation you may want to think about uh, in terms of scheduling your draft and um, and and getting your league mates together in that uh, off season situation here. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to discuss before. Uh, kind of moving to some of the in-season changes is uh, just conducting the online draft. You know, if you're used to an in-person draft or something like that, um, I know from doing customer service years back on on the baseball leagues that we host – Getting everybody on your league logged into a team is not something you want to wait till draft day to do. Make sure everybody can has their account. Well, I don't know if it's my email address or my username, <laughs> or you know, as yeah. a commissioner, it's just a headache. You know, I've dealt with people of all ages. You know, pe- people in my age, I'm I'm almost thirty, so like generally, you would think pretty tech savvy. You know, within that range, but um, not necessarily the case. So you want to make sure everyone's getting there and uh, picking an online uh, draft platform and. There are tons of free ones out
1: there. Can I give you one of the options?
2: Yeah, give me your favorites.
1: Well, there isn't a favorite, but I'm just saying our sponsor, FanDraft, actually allows for an uh, online draft platform. So you can take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level mm-hmm. with FanDraft. The online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft, makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as streaming uh, ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs. I know you love that a lot. Multiple draft board displays and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts too just simply by putting display projector onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. So if you are maybe one of those rogue members out there that wants to do an online or wants to do an offline format – with this fan draft feature, you certainly can. And it could be used fully online and any number of your league owners can join the draft too. The part I like the most is that you can perform really any sort of draft you want, whether it be traditional, auction style, IDP, rookie only, keepers. There's just about any customization you can have fan draft has available to you. And you can sign up for free uh, at fandraft.com. And when you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to use promo code Rotopod15 to save 15% off your pur- purchase. Again, that's fandraft.com for the free version, and use the promo code Rotopod15 to save 15% on the pro account. That's what my family league is going to be doing, where my. uh my friends and family league, and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be my first time using FanDraf,t and I think it's gonna be great for this. I'm situation. looking
2: forward to all my opponents logging in on Sunday morning and just getting X gonna give it to you, blasted <laughs> in their face <laughs> as my team walk up song. That's that's what's happening here. I mean, that's the thing that stands out most. I'm excited to try this out.
1: That's that's fantastic. Yeah, so that's that will be the one that I'm looking forward to doing, especially for this online. Online draft, more than likely, at least I know my friends and family be social distancing. So that's going to be our plan to use this platform. But there are many others available. I think it's probably best just because we're partnered with one of them Mm -hmm. that maybe you can go ahead and and look for the other ones on your own time. You
2: know, you know the big players. If you're listening to this (laughs) podcast and have played fantasy football, you know all the other free. draft rooms, and and it sounds like this is another one to add in the mix for your consideration, especially, you know, these smack talk options are going to be fun and necessary if you're not getting together in person and you're a league that's used to getting together in person.
1: And you can always do the draft online, whether it be with FanDraft or somebody else, and then go ahead and play on ESPN or Yahoo or Or, any of those other platforms as well and just import the roster or the draft results themselves Mm -hmm. so that's exactly i think that's probably the best course of action and i'll
2: throw i'll throw this option out there you can always uh you know keep track of a draft on the RotoWire draft software too and that's really easy if you're uh if you're you know doing an in-person draft, or you're doing it via Google Sheets, like some people do, or via via a chat room to try to replicate the live draft experience. If you have one person do it on your software, it's a real nifty, easy way to get get all those rosters kept track.
1: All right, great. So we've kind of broke down everything that you need to do, either as an owner or a league member, before the season starts. Mm -hmm. At least all the rules and everything you need to consider. What are some things that we need to look out for during the season if -hmm. you are planning ahead? Um, as a commissioner, a league manager, like, yeah. what, what can you kind of well, have in place? Well,
2: these are rule changes that you um, that you should still bring up before the season, but yes. I just kind of split it because it seemed like a good point, like rule changes that affect the preseason for your league and then rule changes that affect in-season for your league. So the first thing, you kind of got to it a little bit earlier, but uh, roster sizes. Now, this is going to be a very possibly contentious spot because it a lot of it just depends on how you like to play fantasy football, how deep – do you like the waiver wire to be do you want to be rewarded for having a good draft and having a full roster of players do you want there to be players available for you uh, when you need to make a last minute pickup so the big thing that people are suggesting are to just throw in extra bench spots in your league if your league drafts 15 players Draft eighteen players this year, and the bench gets extended quite a bit. You know that the advantage of this is that every league hosting site is gonna let you uh is gonna you're gonna be able to do this really easily. You don't need special designations or rules or anything to have just extra bench spots in general, but then the downside to this is a little bit you'll get people kind of hoarding players and hoarding every backup and the the waiver wire will get really thin uh when the time comes so the other thing that people have considered. Is IR spots and most league hosting services, at least the big players, they have these um, spots that you can put your player in if they are injured. And there are different rules to them being injured. You know, they have to be inactive a week, maybe, or they have to be, um, you know, on the injured reserve designated return, that type of thing. Sometimes p- leagues won't just let you put a player that's listed as day to day on the IR. Um, and then the third option here. Sometimes it's going to be tough because it requires a little bit of honor system from your league, or it'll be dependent on your league hosting service, but you could make a rule for COVID-specific IR spots where there's an IR spot in your league you can only put that player on the le- on the list if they have that COVID designation. And like I said, we're going to be providing that COVID exempt list or opt-out list to uh, the reserve COVID-19 list to every client that, that buys this this year. But it'll kind of be dependent on what their programming capabilities are and how they want to do that on the website to see if the site can enforce it for you or if your league has to be more of an honor system for that. So there are a lot of different ways to consider changing your league roster structure just for this season.
1: Is there any one that you prefer over the other?
2: Um, I think that this is the only league I would consider an IR spot. Um, most of the leagues I play in don't have IR spots. I think that kind of thins out the waiver wire a little bit too much, just the same way as having too many bench spots does. But this year, uh, just the regular injured spot for anybody with an injury designation, one or two of those spots I think is appropriate. I I could also, um, you know, the, the COVID-specific one gets uh, tricky from a commissioner to keep track of. So I, I'd throw on IR spots, but I'd make it a this year only change. I would go back to what your league was doing beforehand in 2021.
1: I think I'll cheat. For my answer to the question I posed, and say it depends on what format you're in. Okay, so I mean you're going to talk about it in a little bit. Uh, do you do team QBs and two team kickers? Well, mm-hmm. if it's just a single quarterback league, maybe that doesn't make as much sense. There's there's less value to. But if there's a super flex league where right, mm-hmm. there's going to be more kickers, I'm sorry, more quarterbacks, and the same I guess could say mm-hmm. for kickers as well. If if your league is a standard ten team, um, maybe twelve, fourteen roster spots, whatever else, I think providing X amount of roster spaces, or injured reserve, to me, doesn't make much of a difference Mm -hmm. Um, in that three to four range. feels appropriate. Mm -hmm. But if we are getting more stringent and kind of getting into different statistical things that... Or frankly, if you know your league members will take advantage of it and just pick up all of the mm-hmm. guys and just kind of be competitive assholes, which is fine. That's fantasy football, it's all fair. Oh yeah. Then, then Play I think you have rules. to have. Then you have to have specific you have to have specific mm-hmm. placements in there. So mm-hmm. it depends a lot on what format you have and also the people that are yeah. in your
2: league. Yeah, it's a spectrum. The least effort for a commissioner is just to add a couple roster spots use them how you want to be done with it. The most effort for a commissioner is to say, okay, we have two COVID-19 injured reserve spots, but you can only put the players on there if they're on that COVID list. And that's the rule. uh, And we'll see here as these league formats, league hosting sites start to roll things out here. Um, You alluded to uh, the team quarterbacks, team kickers. That's an interesting way to do that. Uh, This is something that's been around in fantasy football for a long time. I mean, we've offered this as a roster spot in our apps and draft software for She's probably a decade here, but uh, in case you don't know, the whole concept of a team quarterback is you don't draft Aaron Rodgers, you draft Packers QB. And then that way, if one of the quarterbacks or say you have one or two quarterbacks, you know, maybe it happens to both. If you have my luck in fantasy, sometimes, (laughs) Um, you know, your quarterback and, and, you know, it's not just test positive for COVID-19. Your player, I think I mentioned this last week, but your player could walk into the stadium with the temperature in the morning. They could have had bad chicken. They could just have a general flu, you know, something not COVID related at all. But if they walk in with the temperature, they're not going to be able to play on that morning. It's just that's the reality of the situation. So you need to be ready for these late roster spots. And if you have. Ravens quarterback instead of Lamar Jackson you'll get you'll get the backup and you'll get that team's quarterback stats it doesn't matter what specific player is playing quarterback that day uh, you get that team's quarterback stats as a whole even if that quarterback gets injured in the game and the backup comes in then you get that quarterback stats so that's something that I think we'll see gain a little bit more popularity with this year because of COVID that'll be It'll make it less necessary to do late add drops, you know, because you still have a quarterback that's going to get stats. I mean, you know, Jordan Love might not get you the stats Aaron Rodgers does in year one, but you're still getting stats and don't have to rush to make an add drop. And the other position that works with kind of is kickers, and they only really work, and the team quarterback thing really only works in one quarterback league. I was going to say, yep, I Mm -hmm. agree
1: with you on that one. You you have to... I, there's enough quarterbacks in a one quarterback league that if they were to go out and you were paying attention to the waiver waiver wire, I'm sorry, or injury reports entering Sunday or Friday, mm-hmm. whatever they're monitored or they're entered in, that you should be able to get another quarterback up there. Now, of course you're not going to be able to find Lamar Jackson off the bench mm-hmm. or off the waiver wire and put in there. But for the most part in a one quarterback league I think it makes sense. If it's a super flex or two quarterback league, that's where I would go ahead and transition to the team QBs because I think that is all the more important and valuable. That that's where I see the team QB format happening.
2: Yeah, you see well the the whole strategy behind team quarterbacks and team kickers is cuz there's generally just one of them on that team that gets the points on a given week. Yes. You know, even though you only start one tight end in the majority of leagues, you can't have a team tight end spot because there are three tight ends on some teams that might catch Passes. You definitely can't do with what running backs and wide receivers, but quarterback, there's one starter, and if all goes well or normal in a given week, you know, they're gonna start the whole game. And it's the same thing with kicker. The backup kicker doesn't decide to come in and get field goals. Most of the time the backup kicker isn't even on the active roster on game day. So team quarterbacks, you know, I am not a fan of using kickers in fantasy football, period. But if your league is doing kickers, maybe you would consider moving to team kickers this year just to save one less hassle thing on Sunday morning. The kicker comes in with the temperature, the kicker tests positive, you automatically have their backup. Or, you know, if they're if they have a random special team or a skill player that's gonna kick field goals that day, you get those Points and don't have to worry about using a roster spot on that specific thing. So that's another way to handle this that we might see a little bit more popularity in, in, in that's the COVID what the season.
1: N- that's what the NFFC is doing this year. They're doing team kickers. They are not doing team quarterbacks, mm-hmm. though. That's and fair. I think that's how I would end up doing it. Of course, NFFC is, is far more... Uh, money intensive is not the right word there's there's more it's high stakes it's, it's far yeah. more high stakes than
2: anything else so that's it, why i always use the nffc's adp yes. over any other adp source because you know those people are, are what's a prime time entry like 350 oh i think even more oh, than even that. more than that I'm like thinking, the roto like the, the, light one, the light one like the roto wire the roto online yeah.
1: championships i, th- I mm-hmm. think it's 150 or 250 it's one of
2: the so people are drafting with something at stake oh you know, yeah. that's that's the point there so um so yeah, definitely. Uh, t- I could see them not doing team quarterbacks, but yep. uh, team kickers for sure. That'd be easy.
1: I think just doing a team quarterback, and again, it depends on your league. But in in a in, where you're you're competitive, there's there's strategy involved on what quarterbacks you can be taking. And I think having the team quarterback context takes a little bit of the strategy away for me. Kickers, I don't know. I, I I know that list is you know Justin Tucker all the way. Got to take him in the seventh round because he's the <laughs> Hall of Fame quarter kicker of all time. blah 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 blah. Yeah. blah. I don't. I don't find the value in kickers. I agree with you completely that I I just they're not as interesting. Mm -hmm. It's it's too random. It's really hard to predict. I think what they're able to do. So if you get a sub or whatever else, I would say if you have a backup team kicker or you are in the team kicker spot, what are the odds of uh, the team having a second kicker ready to go if their guy gets sick on a Sunday? mm -hmm. Though it's not like everybody has the Chargers kicker punter last Mm -hmm. year who was able to do extra
2: points. Aren't necessarily a chip shot. And well, and then you have the teams that have a different kickoff guy than a kicker, and sometimes how many are those? Are do the, I don't even yeah, think there's, there's that many. There's not that many. Um, okay, it might so, be valuable this year. So this would be the perfect year to eliminate kickers. Period. <laughs> yes, for one less yes. for one less roster spot. If your league's up in arms and wants to keep kickers, then maybe consider switching to a team kicker just because of COVID. I want to mention one more thing on team quarterbacks. If you're trying to rank team quarterbacks, pretty much it goes Kansas City Chiefs quarterback number one, Baltimore Ravens quarterback <laughs> right. number two. You know, Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals, however, you want to do that 3-4, and then, you know, it starts to get. More and more debatable from there. At least those were the, just the rankings I read off the RotoWire website here. But essentially, they ranked the same that way.
1: There's only one time, I feel like, in the history of fantasy football that I can remember where a team quarterback value context made the overall team quarterback higher. And that was the Eagles days when they had Michael Vick potentially opting as a receiver or as a running back. And then they'd also have, I think it was Nick Foles, right? Who's the other? Who's the other quarterback when Michael Vick yeah. was around?
2: Yeah, that's it. Or you could maybe even consider the Saints this year. Oh, with Taysom Hill. I didn't even think of that. Depending on what he, yeah, Yeah, what he classifies as. That's
1: actually not a good, that's a a good point.
2: Lists always likes to rank Drew Brees crazy low. He's number 18 (laughs) for a quarterback, you know, even though it's a single season redraft. But if you got Drew Brees and Taysom Hill stats, I guess Taysom Hill would have to be QB eligible, though. So that's another right. Weird it, thing Right. It that depends. I think and about in your team quarterback. I've seen leagues.
1: him at tight end a lot. And then, like NFFC, mm-hmm. he's quarterback. So it, it definitely depends.
2: I'm glad we're on all these crazy things that <laughs> leagues are going to run into because people listening to this are going to be like, oh, yeah, I got to get the Saints
1: team quarterback situation yep. now. <laughs> I mean,
2: it's a lot better to be thinking about this on August 4th than week one, though. So I, that's the main 100%. reason why we're doing this.
1: Agreed. Um, is there anything that you would want to implement or you want owners to consider implementing when it comes to the waiver wire? I mean, that's going to be our bread and butter this year. We're doing the Tuesday podcast mm-hmm. every week so we can hit all the, the waiver wire potential ads. I know we're going to have to make a lot of different classifications when we're talking about these players, but mm-hmm. overarching, is there anything that you think needs to be accommodated for?
2: So the traditional waiver wire format, I think, um, is whether you use fab or not, we'll kinda of get into more of that in our first waiver wire show. Fab is just you have a set budget over the course of the year, when you use it, you're done. Or you use a rotating claim system, which I think most leagues are familiar with. You know, once you get your claim, you go to the bottom of the claims list yep. and it's valuable to have top waiver priority. Usually either those systems run on Tuesday or Wednesday night, and then after that it's pretty much first come, first serve waivers after that because the players cleared waivers, you get all the guys that were crazy good performances or, or recovering from injuries that particular week. And then after that, you can kind of do first come, first serve for what's left over. I know some people like to wait till 3 in the morning or whatever one waivers process and go pick off their first come, first serve. Um, but in any case, that's the traditional way to do it. Now, I, I'm not sure I necessarily like this change because it is a lot more of a commitment from your league members. But some people have suggested, I've seen it suggested out there, that you do a daily fab system. Where, you know, you, I much prefer fab over your rotating waiver claims anyway. There's more strategy to that. For the same reasons I prefer an auction to a snake draft. You know, we can do a whole other show on that. But some people are suggesting daily fab and having the fab run every single night. Because if you get past your Tuesday-Wednesday deadline, and then all of a sudden you find out on Thursday or Friday that someone tests positive... It's gonna be a mad dash to the waiver wire to see who gets them first. Mm. This way, if you do a daily rotating fab, then everyone gets a shot. You know, uh if you didn't if you didn't take the backup to your starting running back, you know, and manage your team that way. Or if uh or if just one of the backup quarterbacks in a two quarterback league, you know, the, the uh the starter test positive, um first come, first serve, it'll be whoever is, you know, watching Twitter at that particular time, whoever's uh, you know, kind of checking things out. Uh, on their phone or, or, or what have you, you know, some people with more traditional jobs might not have that advantage. So the solution I've seen for that, because we expect that to be more common this year is to uh, maybe do a daily fab. And that's just is a, it's a little bit of a hassle. I think it'll be tough to sell league mates on, but if you're worried about that being an unfair situation, I think that's really the only solution.
1: I think that's great. I hadn't really thought about that either that you, you would do a daily format. Like I, I we, at my friends and family league will do a Wednesday traditional one, right, with 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 Fab included. And then Saturday is when first come, first serve pickups can happen. And that would mm-hmm. probably work in this situation too, but it still presents that same problem where whatever 401 a.m in the morning you're picking up the top guy in Saturday and just hoping it works mm-hmm. out whether you're screwing your opponent or whatever else that
2: yeah you'd have to have your Sunday daily fab end at like uh, I don't know maybe noon Eastern time or something like that
1: yeah yeah something like that too so I think I like mm-hmm. that quite a bit and I hadn't really thought about that kind of format mm-hmm.
2: yeah just one one uh, I remember there was a I think it was chief situation uh, last or a couple years ago where getting close to the playoffs it was a first come first serve on Friday at like 11 o'clock. So, so that that's just one way around it. Here, um, let me see here. What else do I have on the list for rule changes here? Oh, hold on one second.
1: Before we do that, I want to get a live uh, a read in from Autonu before we or our friends at Autonu. We just mm-hmm. talked with them last week, and I think it's going to be a good precursor to what you are going to be expecting. Really coming up here with the Keeper and Dynasty Talk. Of course, we had that whole podcast last week discussing it. If you want more information on the Keeper Dynasty League, certainly go check out that podcast. But one of my favorite formats out there when it comes to Dynasty Leagues is AutoNew. AutoNew is a fantasy football that lets you build your fantasy football dynasty league like a real GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and you can pick up college player prospects. Stash the next Rookie of the Year, or Jonathan Taylor, hopefully, while he's still tearing up on Saturdays. Trade for superstars to make a championship push. Develop a team over multiple years. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. Visit O T T O N E U dot com today. I'm in two of those leagues. They're two of my favorite leagues. I'm We have one roto specific one, and then also one with a, a number of other fantasy football yeah. personalities out there. You
2: mentioned Devi Leagues last yes. week where you take college players. If you want to play that kind of format, I think, I'd, I don't know, is the – the format to use for that. It, it really works out great because you have the
1: auction aspect, which I know you and I both love as far as strategy and combines that with those Devy formats and Keeper and Dynasty. It's It feels a lot more like a Keeper League than a Dynasty League to me with the addition of the, the salary cap in there, but it's a lot of fun and I definitely suggest you guys go ahead and use it again. That's one more time. O-T-T-O-N-E-U dot com. Auto today. Alright, so something, again, we talked about Dynasty Keeper last week. Just is there anything that we should keep in mind with the COVID situation for those types of leagues?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, now the traditional dynasty senses that we kind of geared on last week are, you know, you just get to keep these players indefinitely, but where you know, this unique year comes into play is in any kind of keeper or dynasty league where, uh, there are a keeper penalty, uh, situation where say you can only keep a player for two years or your contract goes up X amount every single year. Um, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, If you're going to um, play in one of those formats, you kind of have to decide. And I think what I'm seeing a lot of popularity is just Dynasty Keeper freeze years. It doesn't count towards your keeper limit. Uh, There's no contract increases after this year because, I don't know, what if you got to keep eight players and Damian Williams happened to be one of them? Right, yeah. So I I think the best situation is if you're in those Dynasty Keeper leagues, you probably want to just say, you know what, we're not going to do penalties for next year. Basically, you'll start. 2021 as if you were starting 2020 in terms of those penalties
1: or you just wait until august 6th thursday and Mm -hmm. once everyone has their opt-outs in officially and Mm -hmm. hopefully no retire shenanigans occur and then you can go from there
2: and you check out rotowire.com football slash (laughs) covid-report To get your uh, to get your full list of opt outs prior to your draft.
1: That's what we're doing for our dynasty league, uh, and also using the Roto-Wire tool to go ahead and look at that. So just keep that in mind. Um, the freezing option is one of those things where you just wait till post Thursday, and hopefully, no new additions pop up. Um, and uh, you know, if you're going to be extending your keeper at dynasty league overall, just putting a freeze in those guys if the season gets paused or shut down early Mm -hmm. is, I I think, the easiest and optimal alternative.
2: You know, we've given a lot of situations where there's three, four options. I think with Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, a freeze is just the most appropriate option to do. There's not really other competing theories of thought. But definitely that's something that you want to have, you want to bring up in your off-season owners meeting.
1: Yeah. uh, for sure. It, good. A good point. There's gonna be. I feel like when uh, the whole league gets together, there's gonna be a lot more conversation about what we're doing as opposed to who we're drafting, and that's gonna be the first time in many years that that's really gonna have to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's the situation in the times that we're currently in. This got brought up, or this question I, I brought up, because of the Marlins and the Cardinals and a few of these other teams that have had to forfeit games or just had them push back. We can't really do double headers in the NFL like we can in baseball. No chance. So, what's going to happen if a team does have a Cardinals or Marlins situation and gets. Uh, you know, sick throughout the weekend. What
2: what are we going to do? So I believe it was a pro football focus article I found this on, but according to the official NFL rule book, if a team forfeits a game, the opponent will be declared a winner by a score of two to nothing. Barn burner. But the points (laughs) will not be added to the winning team's record for purposes of offensive production or tiebreakers. Um, So that's kind of what happens if, you know, say, let's say the bears had a COVID outbreak, you know, and then they had a forfeited game against the Packers because they couldn't get a, um, you know they couldn't field an active roster it couldn't happen you know the Packers would technically win that game but the interesting fantasy implication of that now maybe I'm digging too deep to weird possibilities but the interesting fantasy implication is do the Packers defense special team get a shutout because it technically goes down as zero points allowed in the rule book you know um and and could people manipulate that so uh you know that's just the situation that you might want to think ahead to but uh that's kind of the forfeit situation and uh
1: That would be the worst case. It'd be the worst case scenario, and I imagine if an NFL game has to be forfeited, we're talking about next day is the season going to continue? Mm -hmm. But if you are planning for this worst case scenario to happen, what my league will be doing is simply taking those projected uh, point totals that you see on your players at the end of the week or on the side, right? Mm -hmm. Like Aaron Rodgers, eighteen point seven points this week. We're just going to be applying that to to our fantasy league. So that whatever position is, I, I I hate using those projections. They oftentimes are not anywhere close and too often people rely on them, but in a situation like this, using those projection tools as opposed to just taking a fat zero for your fantasy yeah. week is probably the best alternative, and that's what I'd say for defense too.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that's interesting is the late and west coast games. You know, if, uh, say, most of your bench plays in the in the early game, their are noon games here in our time zone, 1 p.m. Eastern games, uh, you, then you have the late games. Um, say one of your guys walks to the stadium with the temperature. Again, like I said, it's going to be more difficult to um to account for that in this kind of covid era so and, and and i think it's going to happen more often too now we've always had we've all had to deal with this where there's a late injury or a surprise yeah. inactive or something in the late game and you're stuck because all your other roster spots are being used by somebody in the early game and you can't there's nobody to pivot to unless you want to cut you know another active player in the late game or or what have you so i saw an interesting situation. Come up. It was suggested in an article I read uh, where you would consider maybe a swap-in system where owners oh. submit one to two players to the commissioner before the thing even starts. Say, you know, if, if you have your late game guy in your flex, and then you rank player one, player two, these who you would swap in if something COVID-related were to happen, or if a, you know a late flex were to happen here. Um, personally. I don't necessarily like that. I, I wanted to bring it up because we want to offer all of the uh, options possible to commissioners and to owners to bring up. But uh, personally, I don't particularly care for that because I think that situation is settled by just expanding the rosters. A I agree. Bit, yep. Or using the or using the IR, uh, like like I mentioned, because one, it's not all that different than the late injuries that we've had to deal with in fantasy football for 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 since the onset of fantasy football. You know, and since this injury reporting, you know, we get that inactive information. Owners have to make tough decisions, and you have the roster flexibility to do so if because um, it'll be first come first serve kind of after that uh, after that Fab clear. So you have the roster flexibility with those extra spots to do so. So I wanted to bring it up because it was an interesting idea I saw swapped in, but the big disadvantage is obviously for the commissioner you know, they're going to have to keep track of that some way. I don't see many, uh, league hosting websites that, uh, that really make it easy to keep track. of.
1: It would have to be something, it's a new kind of thing. It would have to be something that you are actively as the commissioner trying to work on and keep track of. And, and maybe if you're a hands-on commissioner, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think for most people, um, out there and probably some even listening to this, it's going to be too much of a headache to really kind of do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, I don't know. I've seen pushback the trade deadline mentioned as kind of a uh, situation that you could consider. I don't necessarily like doing that because you get more imbalanced trades, but it's something that uh, you know you can maybe throw on the radar.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like it, I like the pushback of the trade deadline because. It, it, it makes a difference for if you are a buyer or a seller. Mm-hmm. But buyers and sellers really is only a term that makes sense in a keeper and dynasty format. In a traditional setting, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of an inconsequential thing at the end of the
2: day. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that that pretty much wraps up my list here. I didn't have a whole lot of uh, of other rule changes. I'd be interested in hearing about them on Twitter if uh, if, if that's something that you're curious about. But uh, I think we've got pretty comprehensive here today.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And And really, I think in the following weeks, how we're handling rookies... Um, without much camp and what to do. I've been telling a lot of people on the Ask an Expert feature uh, when I'm when I'm answering those questions for for you, the users, I'm steering away from the rookie receivers, rookie running backs. It's a little bit different. Um, Jonathan Taylor and, and J.K. Dobbins are in great situations long term, but maybe it doesn't make sense this year. Obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is now going to be Easy first-round pick in a lot of different leagues yeah, because like, of the Damian Williams news.
2: Like six in the whole dang thing. I think it matters less for running backs in general is your rule of thumb. Guys that just have to hit the hole and go, as opposed to receivers that have to learn an entirely new passing scheme, route running, adjust more to the speed of the NFL game, faster defensive backs, that kind of thing. So um, the, the lack of camp and the lack of—it uh, it matters a little more for running backs in yeah. my book.
1: Yeah, I was going to say— we're going to probably figure out more when it comes to these rookies as time progresses and it'll be dependent on the beat writers and it'll be dependent on what we know from their collegiate stuff and maybe injury situations for each team or depth charts for each team, that kind of stuff. So it'll be really interesting and I'm looking forward to kind of maneuvering this season, but here, this was kind of a a comprehensive breakdown of things you need to consider if you are an owner or a league member entering this COVID related time for your fantasy league. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week.